Have you ever met a truly remarkable person? I mean somebody that's genuinely awe-inspiring. Perhaps a, a pro athlete. But I've done that. And they're not really inspirational. Maybe a, a really smart person. But does genius really create anything other than envy? Concerts, stage shows with top-billed artists. Really fun, but not life-changing. Who, what would it take to elevate impressive to awesome. Let's look to the Bible. Let's open God's Word. See if we might find some insight. I read this morning from Matthew chapter 8, beginning at verse 23. Matthew chapter 8, verse 23 and following. And when Jesus got into the boat, his disciples followed him. And behold, there arose a great storm on the sea, so that the boat was being swamped by the waves, but, but he was asleep. And they went and woke him, saying, Save us, Lord, we are perishing. And he said to them, Why are you afraid, O you of little faith? Then he rose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. And the men marveled, saying, What sort of man is this, that even the winds and see, obey him. On that faithful day, out in that great lake, would this severe thunderstorm, when these men posed this question, what sort of man is this? They already knew that Jesus was no ordinary man. They already knew that Jesus wasn't just one of the guys. There was no doubt in their minds, however, that Jesus was a man. They knew Him to be flesh and blood. They knew Him to be a man just such as they. He had eaten with them. He wore His cloak at night against the chill night air. They had seen Him experience pain, both physical and emotional. Jesus 
was certainly a man. But the question is, what sort of man is this? What sort of man is this Jesus? As a man walking among men, Jesus stood out above the crowd, unique, unlike any other. Jesus came proclaiming a message that was good news from the very beginning. Jesus came proclaiming that God was breaking in upon the world stage. And as he preached good news, he accompanied it with good deeds, touching, healing, encouraging. And his fame spread. The word got around and people flocked to him in the thousands. The disciples, individual men, pointedly chosen by Jesus to follow him and to experience him, perhaps unknowingly recognized in this storm the reason for which they had been chosen. Chosen that they would ask this question. Chosen that it would be they who would spread the answer. Just what sort of man is this? Jesus often gave them the answer to this question. He answered in parables. We read in Matthew chapter 13, All these things Jesus said to the crowds in parables. Indeed, He said nothing to them without a parable. This was to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet, I will open my mouth in parables, and I will utter what has been hidden since the foundation of the world. Quoting God's prophet, Jesus told them, I am the one that is doing what that prophet said was going to happen. What sort of man is that? He not only answered in parables, he answered them very plainly. He answered in his preaching, Mark 1.15, The time is fulfilled, Jesus said, and the kingdom of God is at hand. I've always loved this verse. We're told that the idea in the, the, the original manuscript, the original language, is, doesn't really come through in the phrase, the kingdom of God is at hand, but, but rather a, a better understanding of here I am. The kingdom of God is standing right in front of you. You can reach out and touch the kingdom of God. And that's what the, the people who heard Jesus say these things would have heard. Jesus calling himself the kingdom of God. Repent. 
and believe in the gospel. Jesus told them plainly in his preaching. Jesus told them plainly when some came and accused him of socializing with sinners. We have it in Mark chapter, or excuse me, Matthew chapter 9 when he said, Go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. For I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. Listen to Jesus speaking in the first person. I. He quotes God again in the prophet, I desire mercy and not sacrifice. For I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. Jesus answered the question plainly. When he was accused of breaking the law of Moses, he responded, I tell you something greater than the temple is here. For the Lord, for the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. Oh, for the Jews who heard Jesus say, something greater than the temple is here. Something greater than the, the, the place wherein God abides. The place where you come to offer your sacrifices. The place where you come to worship. The place where you come to praise God with the psalms and the hymns the place where you hear the word of God proclaimed. And this man, what sort of man says something greater than the temple is here? And who is Lord of the Sabbath? Who created the Sabbath? Who established the Sabbath? Who was it from the very opening of creation established that Sabbath day of rest? What sort of man says of himself that he's Lord of the Sabbath? And if that's not, if that's not telling enough, we hear Jesus praying. And Jesus prays, Father. Jesus calls God. Jesus prays to God. Jesus comes before God in prayer, addressing Him as Father. A more intimate prayer than anyone had ever heard. A relationship unknown. On another occasion, they're out in a boat and Jesus walks out to them. And the situation, you, you, know, the, you know the event. They're out in the boat and Jesus comes walking on the water. Peter says, Lord, bid me come to you. Jesus says, come. Peter climbs out of the boat and begins walking towards Jesus on the water. But it says, then, then Peter took notice of the wind. And he took notice of the sea. And he began to sink. 
he cries out, Lord, save me. Jesus, says, Jesus immediately took him by the hand and they were in the boat. Such a glorious, amazing, marvelous situation. We're told in Matthew chapter 14, those in the boat worshipped him saying, truly, you are the Son of God. The last time we saw them out in the boat, these things going on, all they could say was, what sort of man is this? Now, they say, truly, this man is the Son of God. More completely, more fully, more profoundly then than all the miracles and all of the signs, we encounter Simon Peter saying, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. God the Father is answering the question for them. God the Father is supplying the answer, providing the truth to the question, what sort of man is this? This is the Christ, the Son of the living God. Make no mistake, before he was conceived by his mother Mary, God had been revealing the incarnation of God the Son. It was the most widely revealed secret in all of history. All of the New Testament is God answering this question. What, what sort of man is this? God's Word revealing Himself to the world. And you will never fully appreciate. You will never completely understand. You will never have a true grasp of Scripture, the Bible of God's Word. You will never be able to rightly interpret what God has said until you embrace the truth that this is what God intends through His Word is to make Himself known. To his people. God was certainly making himself known throughout the history of the Old Testament, but the greatest revelation occurred when God became man. I've always liked the old sermon illustration about the the farmer and the birds. A farm family. The mother loves the Lord, strives to live a Christian life before her unbelieving husband. 
She invited him frequently to attend worship service with her, with her and the children. But he would always decline, saying, it just doesn't make sense to him about this man Jesus being God. Then one Sunday, while the family was away at church, a bad storm comes up at the farm. Strong wind, driving rain, thunder, lightning. And as he looks out at the storm, he sees a flock of birds caught in the storm trying to get into the barn, throwing themselves against this closed glass window, endeavoring to get inside to the safety of the barn. Relentlessly, they try to save themselves from the devastation of the storm. The man was compassionate. He runs out, waving his arms, calling to the birds, this way, follow me. He tries to show them where the open door of the barn is. Come this way, look, look, come, come. And he tries his best to lead them. But to no avail. The birds pay no heed. They ignore him entirely. Why won't they follow He says, if I was a bird, they'd follow. And it hits him. That which had made no sense for him now was crystal clear. God became man that he might lead mankind to salvation. Throughout Old Testament history, we see people relentlessly trying to save themselves. It wasn't until God in His compassionate wisdom became man that the way of salvation was exposed for all people. This man, Jesus, the sort of man who experienced life as a man, Preaching, teaching, calling, inviting, leading into the kingdom of God. Much more than human. Much more than man. Jesus is God. We have that testimony of Peter. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. But I'm, I'm more taken with a Roman soldier. I'm more taken with the Roman soldier at the foot of the cross. They had seen Jesus humiliated before Roman and Jewish officials. They had seen Jesus whipped unmercifully. They had heard the multitudes of his own people condemn him to an alien ruler. They had personally 
driven nails through his hands and feet and raised that cross for his crucifixion. They had stood by as people paraded by, yelling insults, poking fun, teasing, and in every way endeavoring to humiliate him. And they had seen Jesus full of grace and peace. Like a lamb that is led to the slaughter. And like a sheep that before his shears is silent. So he opened not his mouth. And we're told that when the centurion and those who were with him, keeping watch over Jesus, saw the earthquake and and what took place, they were filled with awe and said, Truly, this was the Son of God. The testimony of eyewitnesses. This man Jesus, this itinerant preacher from the backwater town of Nazareth, the man who proclaimed the kingdom of God was at hand. The man who made the blind to see, the lame to walk, and the deaf to hear. The man that even the storm obeys. The man despised and rejected. A man of sorrows, as one from whom men hide their faces despised, completely dishonored. This Roman officer and his soldiers are filled with awe and realize this man is truly the Son of God. The writer of the biblical book of Hebrews as he was inspired by God, explored this revelation, leading us to an appreciation of how we should respond. Hebrews chapter 1, very familiar verses in 1 and 2. Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, He has spoken to us by His Son, whom He appointed the heir of all things and through whom also he created the world. What does this mean for us? How should we react? How should we respond? What should we do? Again, in Hebrews chapter 4, we read, And we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. The kingdom of heaven 
is opened wide to those who, with the Roman soldiers, with Peter the Apostle, with the men in the boat, and with all those throughout history who, being filled with awe, proclaim, truly, Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. They had met a man who was truly awesome. Jesus says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and eat with him and he with me. Today, you likewise have met a man who is unlike any man you have ever known. And he is knocking. He is knocking that you would answer the door and that he might come in. Our Heavenly Father, we praise you and give you thanks for the power of your word and the presence of your spirit. We thank you, O God, that your Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, came into the world that we might know Him, that He might make Himself known, that we might have Your salvation. In Jesus' name, amen.